letter forty eight of the history of lady barton this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the history of lady barton by elizabeth griffith letter forty eight lord hume to lord lucan paris i tell you lucan there is no such thing as resisting fate here am i with as good and sober dispositions as any man of two and twenty in europe for ever getting into some scrape or other without temptation or excuse or even knowing how or why i became engaged well then a knight-errant i certainly am of nature's own dubbing and i will now courteously relate to you myself for want of a squire my new achievement but first i must acquaint you that ever since our arrival here sir george cleveland has been so totally taken up with some private business of his own that poor melancholy i have been left to the pleasant amusement of contemplating my own extravagance and folly which has you know deprived me of the happiness of seeing or conversing with his charming sister who has met him here and as i quitted naples almost at a minute's warning i left old robert to pack up my clothes and bring them after me in this situation i could not possibly make my appearance in public or even venture to visit any of my quondam acquaintances in my travelling dress i spent two days to sir and found an unlucky truth that any company would be less dull to me than my own on this discovery i sallied forth and in sauntering along the boulevard i happened to meet jack wilson of the guards who is as dissipated a genius as myself i proposed to him our going to dine at some of the environs of paris to which he readily agreed a chaise was ordered directly we drove off to noisy le sec we walked about while dinner was preparing and at a little distance observed a castle defended by a deep moat great iron gates a drawbridge and immense high walls the appearance of this extraordinary mansion roused my chivalry i figured to myself a beauteous damsel confined there by some horrid enchanter or giant and determined that i would if possible set the fair captive free wilson laughed at my romantic ideas but they had taken too strong possession of me to be easily baffled when we returned to our inn we inquired from our host who were the inhabitants of that gothic fortress he told us they were two very beautiful young ladies of high birth and large fortunes who being determined never to marry yet disliking the severities of a convent had chosen to seclude themselves from the world in that retirement he added that the curiosity of all the neighbouring gentry was so highly raised that many attempts had been made to get a sight of these fair recluses but in vain for no mortal had ever seen them since their arrival there though it was known they walked in their gardens every day curiosity began now to operate upon wilson as much as romance had done before on me and we resolved that we would take a peep at these voluntary votaries of madame diana coute qui coute many and various were the schemes which we framed and rejected for the gratification of our idle and impertinent inquisitiveness during the course of that night we lay in the same room in order to continue our consultations but when the dawn appeared 
we were just as undetermined on what method to pursue as we were at the moment we lay down we rose and called our host into council who assured us that the castle was inaccessible unless we were mad enough to venture our lives by swimming over a deep fosse which defended it in front or scrambling through a thicket of briars which prevented our approach on the other side and that if we should even be able to subdue these difficulties there was still an immense high wall to climb which no man could get over without hazarding life or limb opposition but increased our ardour and we at last resolved to attempt the thicket in preference to the fosse as we thought we should make a better appearance in the eyes of these supposed charmers even with our clothes torn than after emerging dripping wet out of a dirty ditch and by the way lucan i think that all the water in and about paris wants washing as was said once by a witty friend of mine i never saw such a muddy puddle in my life as their boasted seine the yellow tiber or the bristol severn are crystal to it i will not detain you by repeating the fatigues and difficulties we suffered in this attempt suffice it to say that our clothes were torn and our hands legs and faces as much scratched as if we had made a party on the pantiles with a group of amorous tabbies but what are not patience and perseverance able to subdue in short we scaled the walls and seated ourselves in a good pleasant arbour in a corner of the garden valuing ourselves on our heroic achievement and impatiently expecting the reward of our toils by being blessed at last with the view of these fair vestals in a short time after we had made our lodgment in this redoubt to our inexpressible delight we heard the sound of female voices talking in a cheerful lively tone and soon saw two ladies walking towards us down an alley that fronted the harbour we were in but no language will ever be able to describe our amazement when the speakers had advanced near enough to be clearly seen and distinctly heard by us no idea either of venus or the graces or diana and her nymphs will suit the description but if you can rummage up any recollection of cybele or for that matter you need not go so far back as mother shipton will serve as well to represent two old hags that appeared then before us it must be enchantment said i to wilson he replied i see nothing enchanting about them they are both ugly and old no woman is old in france remember that wilson or at least let us endeavour to persuade these gannams that we think so for civility is the only passport by which we can hope to get over the drawbridge in safety when they approached the arbour perceiving us they started to in their turn and would have fled back if their old shanks had been supple enough to have corresponded with their fears but we soon quieted their apprehensions by the mildness of our demeanour and the frank confession we made of the romantic curiosity which had prompted us to this frolic being thus recovered from this alarm they both laughed immoderately at the awkward confusion which appeared in our faces and one of them addressing us with infinite good-humour and vivacity said we are extremely obliged to you gentlemen or rather courteous knights for the perils you have encountered for our sakes and also for convincing us that the noble spirit of chivalry is not yet quite extinct in the world believe me we wish rather more earnestly than you that we were possessed of those charms which you expected to have met with in this gallant adventure but youth and beauty are transitory things and with them we have lost the admiration of your sex and merely in sport had yet a mind to try if it was not still in our power to occasion a disappointment as great though not indeed so severe as any young and beautiful coquette might make her lover feel if i may judge by your countenances i think we have so far succeeded and the only amends we can make you for having sped our 
frolic is to desire the favour of your company to dinner and to promise to convey you back again by a shorter and pleasanter road than you came to noisy le sec without any further damages than what the view of our persons seems already to have made you pay for your peeping you may suppose how confoundedly silly wilson and i looked all this while but i was so much pleased with the spirit and good humour of this lively dowager that i wished her thirty years younger entirely for her own sake we accepted her invitation with the best grace we could and entered into a very cheerful conversation with them both during which they discovered that we were englishmen and informed us that they were our countrywomen the one who seemed to take the lead in everything is a sister of lord deeds and had been while she lived in england an intimate acquaintance of my mother's who the other lady was did not transpire before we parted wilson and i both promised her not to disclose their secrets if she chose to carry on the jest for any further time but she gave us leave to publish it to our friends if we pleased as she meant to quit that place immediately said she and her companion were both tired of their voluntary confinement and did not believe that if they were to remain there seven years longer any frenchman would ever give himself as much trouble about them as we had done i charged myself with some commissions poor may belle antique which i shall execute in england with the most knightly punctuality imaginable and returned laughing to paris about an hour ago robert is arrived with my baggage i shall dress and go to the comedie though i believe it will be near over before i get there as i am resolved to attend sir george cleveland's motions and that he seems to be upon the wing i shall not expect to hear from you while i remain upon the continent but hope to find a packet from you at my arrival in old england till then adieu my dear lucan says yours hume End of letter forty eight